Welcome to another episode of Global Market Insights brought to you by XM.com, where we provide meaningful and informative content about the events that affect market trends and shape global markets. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Outlook at XM.com. I'm Maria Pachardavis and joining me is Senior Investment Analyst Rafi Boyajian. We'll be reviewing the week ahead. So Rafi, let's begin in Europe. So far, the rollout of vaccines in the EU has been slow and many member states are still under lockdown, which doesn't bode well for the recovery. In December, the ECB beefed up its pandemic support. Are we expecting any new action from the bank on Thursday? And what about the outlook for the euro? Well, Maria, uh, as you said, the vaccine rollout in uh, in the euro area has been pretty slow. And given that most countries in the EU are currently under lockdown and uh, some governments have suggested that actually the lockdowns could last until spring or even beyond. Uh, so that has raised fresh doubts about the recovery. At the moment, uh, investors aren't too worried about that because everyone is still holding out for uh, those vaccine rollouts to eventually lead to the re- full reopening uh, of uh, the economies. But this is a concern that could only get worse or potentially uh, over time. So the ECB, although we're not expected to hear any fresh action uh, by policymakers, uh, the ECB might sound more dovish at its meeting uh, on Thursday. And on top of the the worsening virus situation, we also have uh, a fresh political crisis uh, in Italy because the ruling coalition there is on the brink of collapse. And that has led to a spike in Italian government bond yields. We are seeing widening spread between German Boons and Italian bond yields, and that has uh, added some pressure uh, on the euro. Now, a weaker euro is, of course, uh, good for the economy and good for the ECB. The ECB uh, has been worried a little bit about the stronger euro, uh, and so we're going to have to wait and see what uh, President Christine Lagarde will have to say about the policymaker's stance on the current strengths of the euro, whether they're going to try to talk it down again, and just how dovish uh, will she sound, will, will she say enough uh, to ease uh, worries that the uh, ECB might resist uh, providing additional stimulus. Uh, so the press conference will probably be uh, the main highlight uh, for uh, with regards to the ECB meeting. Okay, turning to other central banks now. The Bank of Canada will meet to set monetary policy on Wednesday, and the Bank of Japan will publish its quarterly outlook report and its policy decision on Thursday. What can we expect there? So we're not expecting uh, any changes from the Bank of Japan uh, next week. In fact, uh, in its recent assessments, of Japan's economic regions, the Bank of Japan was slightly more uh, optimistic than the previous report, and the bank may even revise up its growth forecast for next year. The biggest factor for the Bank of Japan at the moment on the policy outlook is probably the US dollar because the yen had strengthened quite a bit against the, the greenback lately. Uh, now they'll be seeing a bit of a rebound in the dollar, so that is good news for uh, policymakers. But on the whole, there's very little that the Bank of Japan can do. And given that uh, the government has already provided plenty of fiscal stimulus, the Bank of Japan is will probably stay on hold for the foreseeable future. On the other hand, for the Bank of Canada, there is a possibility that we might get more action in the near future, probably not uh, at uh, Wednesday's meeting. Uh, there has been some talk that the Bank of Canada might cut interest rates that previously signaled that the 0.25% bank rate that we have at the moment uh, is as low as, as uh, it's going to go. But there's now fresh uh, talk that they might cut below this point. 
probably to 0.1% like the RBA did recently. But uh, if we have a look at uh, interest rate futures, uh, odds for rate cut at, the, at, the next, at this meeting are very low, but we might get some signals about future action. If we do, then that would definitely be negative for the loonie. Okay, now next week will be heavy on the data front. We'll get China's fourth quarter GDP print and the January flash PMIs will be the other highlight. What else is coming up? And are we likely to see any strong reactions in the markets? Well, looking at the China's GDP numbers, uh, so this time last year, of course, we know that China was struggling. Uh, they were the first country uh, to uh, have this outbreak and we saw a huge contraction in China's GDP in the first quarter. Uh, but for the fourth quarter, it looks like China's economy finished on a very strong note. Uh, in fact, the growth rate should return to pre-pandemic pre uh, levels. Uh, one thing to watch out for is uh, we're also going to have industrial production and retail sales numbers for December. Uh, now, the, we know that globally the economy uh, was struggling in December. Uh, so if we see that uh, this had started to weigh on uh, China's domestic uh, economy uh, as well in December, maybe uh, that might dampen sentiment a little bit. Uh, moving now on to the flash PMIs for January. Now, this will be important because uh, we did see fresh restrictions in many countries in January, so uh, particularly in the Eurozone and the UK, so we might get some pretty uh, dire data out of these uh, countries. We're also going to have retail sales data for the UK uh, and Australian uh, jobs numbers as well. On the whole, though, markets uh, appear to be ignoring the green data and they're looking beyond the current lockdowns to uh, when things are going to start improving with the help of the vaccines and more government and central bank uh, support. So we might see some uh, knee-jerk reactions, but on the whole, all of these costs are mainly being driven. So when I say currencies, I mean uh, risk-sensitive risk currencies such as the Aussie, the, uh, the Looney, the Kiwi, uh, the Pound, and to a lesser extent the Euro as well. Uh, so they will be mainly driven by overall uh, risk appetite in the markets. And finally, over in the US, all eyes will be on Wednesday's inauguration proceedings for President-elect Joe Biden. We'll also get the Senate's decision as to when to begin Trump's impeachment trial. Given all this, what potential reaction should we expect to see in the markets? So the data on the data front is, is going to be uh, pretty uh, quiet. Uh, but uh, although uh, the presidential inauguration usually doesn't capture a lot of attention in financial markets, it might be different this time because, of course, uh, in the first week of January, we had the storming of Capitol Hill, uh, and, which was uh, really quite a historical moment uh, for to see such scenes at the U.S. Uh, Capitol. Now, we know that protests are being planned across the U.S. You know, for these are Trump supporters who believe that the election uh, was unfair. As far as Biden's inauguration in Capitol Hill is concerned, we know now there's going to be plenty of security. Uh, but nevertheless, we do see a fresh er eruption of violence that could unsettle markets. Uh, and uh, a lot of the violence might depend on whether or not the Senate uh, will decide to hold the trial for Trump's impeachment, which the House voted on uh, in the past few days. Uh, the Senate will adjourn from its holiday recess on January 19 if they immediately decide to uh, hold the trial, uh, which would coincide with Trump's, uh, with Biden's inauguration. That could fuel more violence. Rafi, thanks so much. And thanks for joining us at XM.com.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Global Market Insights brought to you by XM.com. For more in-depth technical and fundamental analysis, be sure to visit www.xm.com forward slash research.